Welcome to Innovation Insiders with Brado Creative Insight. Your host is Andy Ford, one of today's leading innovators. Our show is about how ideas and technology come together to form the most buzzed about products of the 21st century. Specifically, what goes into the thought process of these innovations and the channels they go through to get to the marketplace. Now, here is Andy Ford. Welcome to Innovation Insiders with Brado Creative Insight. I'm your host, Andy Ford. This is our inaugural episode, and we really appreciate you tuning in and listening over the next several weeks as we invite some very special guests to come in, talk with us about innovation. And now, innovation is a big term, and it means a lot of things to a lot of different people. But the guests that we've invited uh, are, are innovation uh, innovative people in their companies, uh, in the marketplace. Uh, they are different thinkers, uh, willing to try some things and uh, to push the envelope, but along the lines of making a product, an experience, uh, a brand better. Uh, so we get a unique opportunity over the next several weeks to hear from their perspective. Listen in as they detail some of the pitfalls and some of the great moments that they've had or witnessed over the course of their careers in, in, in innovation. Now, throughout this series, we invite you to give us questions and, and maybe some feedback. You can reach me at andy.ford at brado.net or on Twitter at a Ford. Uh, and also, you can follow us, Brado, at Brado Insight. All those and more uh, will be uh, answered over the course of the next few weeks. Uh, feel free to, uh, to hit us up, and we'll be glad to get back in touch with you. Uh, our special guest this morning is Andy Lackman. Now, Andy's the Vice President in Sales and Marketing at Orca. Well, Orca is an interesting company. Uh, by the way, Andy's a really interesting guy. But Orca is, and I want to give just a little bit of a heads up before I bring him all the way in. This is a company that facilitates, um, works for facilities that have a high amount of food waste. They have an environmentally friendly alternative solution to food waste disposal. And their technology is really digesting food waste and then turning it into environmentally safe water that goes right back in the, into the municipal sewage system. So it's a fascinating first episode with a really interesting guest and working for a company that has some pretty dynamic offerings in the marketplace. Andy, thank you for joining me on this first episode. Andy, thank you for allowing me. I appreciate it. It's great to have you. Uh, tell me, you got to talk a little bit uh, about Orca, if you don't mind. Sure. So, as you said, Orca, you know, is a company that takes organic food waste, digests it on site of, our, of the facilities that we're in, processes it into a liquid that then goes through to the, to the sewer system into wastewater treatment plants, which then gets converted into renewable energy. So what we've oh done is our, our approach basically is based on reducing the carbon footprint in the traditional model of moving waste from a facility through the trucking process, through the transfer stations, to the landfill, letting it disappear that way, versus doing it actually on site. We've brought mm -hmm. our approach, which you're going to see here more and more about 
uh, in the future, it's really a hyper-local and distributed approach where basically everything is happening on site and we've eliminated the inefficiencies in the traditional waste removal model to really help our clients, the environment, um, all, all of these quote-unquote stakeholders of mm-hmm. the people who use the whole process to really improve the entire system. It's a, it, it, Andy, Andy, it's fascinating to me. And, you know, this is, you know, when I, of course, I was reading and studying up on Orca uh, prior to our interview, uh, but I didn't realize that it, it had so much not just benefit, you know, onto the client side, but actually all the way through this, this distribution process and then turns back into renewable energy. I mean, it, there's so many things working well for this idea. I'm just curious, how did something like Orca, how did a company, you know, begin? What was the origin story? Well, the origin of this was is interesting. When you look back, um, the big thing was we were trying to find ways to improve sustainability and improve the waste, the traditional waste, the waste model management. Mm -hmm. So typically, you know, you've got seven steps along a traditional approach of moving waste from one to another. And we saw an opportunity to reduce that by over 60% of reducing the 60% of the steps that typically would need to be done in a scenario versus a traditional approach. So what we've done a lot now is really look at improving the system from a functional, operational, Mm -hmm. and economical benefit to everybody around. So that's how it started, Um, and Mm -hmm. it's grown now to, you know, we have over 160 locations in North America and over 1,100 locations worldwide. Oh, my gosh. That's – and so – is your job, and so working with, with clients, is I am assuming, and, and let me just back up, I don't want to put words in your mouth here, but you said something that I thought was pretty key. When you think about how this got started, my question is, was this a, it sounds to me like almost you looked at an economical model and said, there, there's gaps, there's areas here where we can make improvement. And then you said, how could we do this in a sustainable way? So would you say that Orca was almost founded on this idea of a sustainable innovation platform, or was it uh, more of an economical or marketplace innovation? I have to say it's a little bit of both. Sustainability mm-hmm. was important. We've seen the trends. We've seen people looking for more ways to um, improve their sustainability targets. You look at, you know, for example – any of the Fortune 100 companies, you look at the major hotel chains, you look at the major hospitality companies, sustainability is becoming more and more important throughout the world. And mm-hmm. there's consumers looking for it. You know, there's people who will look online, and if they're going to stay at a certain property, they look to see what they're doing in regards to being green. Um, mm-hmm. So we saw an opportunity in two regards, one from the sustainability perspective, but also economically where we can help improve the efficiencies while developing, while implementing and innovating a service that currently wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's, so this is something that's really brand new. I mean, it, no one has, and, and, and I, once again, just my cursory looking around, searching the internet, it seems like there may have been properties or there are properties that are trying to handle their food waste 
themselves, uh, you know, through different kind of composting and other kinds of materials. But to, to have a process like Orca has and to bring that to your clients, it doesn't sound like there's a lot of other competition for that same sort of dynamic. Are you guys alone in this out there doing this kind of work? There are some other companies that do that, but there's not a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Typically, the way, as you said before, was typically people would either, you know, um, just put it into their dumpsters and then let the trucking waste management companies take it away, or Mm -hmm. they would do composting on site. They would incinerate it. Um, There was a lot of other options. But, you know, right now, there's not many companies doing this. Um, our, Our design and... Our approach, I think, is different than a lot of others. Mm-hmm. We understand that, in, especially in the hospitality segment, you know, a lot of times this technology was not available, you know, 15, 20 years ago. So mm-hmm. you're looking at facilities that were built that never had a thought about doing something like this. Oh, so, wow. our, so we've designed our models to not only fit locations where there's, you know, big convention hotels where we have our largest machine, but mm. we've just introduced our baby orca, which is no bigger than 32 <laughs> inches long. And now you've got, so you've got, you've got a product called baby orca. Yeah. That is great. That is great. How, how, how long is it? What'd you say it was 32 feet? It's 32 inches. What? It's about the oh size of a commercial dishwasher. So our largest machine is about nine feet long. But the introduction of the baby orca really has helped us because when you walk into a commercial kitchen, you walk into a commercial um, hotel or a hospital or a business and industry account or a college university, space is very limited. And what's happened is we've now developed this product that fits in any location. Mm. So besides fitting from the location, our install requirements are so minimal. I mean, all we need is a regular wall outlet. Mm. You know, we're not talking about bringing electricity in. We are saving, we've designed this technology so well that we're saving the infrastructure costs that a client would have to bring in. We're eliminating that. Wow. It's stuff that's already there, a regular 110 outlet, cold water only. So you're talking about helping the client achieve their goals without increasing a lot of extra steps that they need to do. You know, what's fascinating about this is I, in my, my, of course, first of all, my mind is reeling 32 inches for something that's processing and it's bringing this kind, not just cost savings, but in my head, this is something that I could see your clients actually, you know, talking about to their guests. You know, when you mentioned, you know, a location where people might stay. Uh, is is this a chance for waste management to take a front seat and actually become something that you can talk about? Absolutely. We're seeing more and more of that where clients now are taking this knowledge because one of the things we do is we have an online diversion portal that allows our clients to see how much product they process through the machine, how much methane gas that's reduced how much oh, wow. landfill usage it's reduced, how much carbon footprint it's reduced. So there is actual sustainable material and, and marketing information that can be used not only for the guests, 
but also within their own organization as well. That's fascinating to me. It's, we're talking with Andy Lackman, and uh, Andy is a VP of Sales and Marketing for a fascinating company called Orca. If you'd like to check them out um, while you're listening to this podcast, uh, go to www.feedtheorca.com, and you'll get a little bit more information uh, about this fascinating company that we're hearing about as we're getting a chance to talk. Uh, Andy, I'm going to go to break in a minute. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about Orca. I've, I've got a few more. I've got a lot more questions, but they're all really good. But I also want to talk about your career and your path along innovation. I, I know that it's been uh, very deep and you've led a lot of teams and transition companies from one position to, to, uh, to another. So I wanna make sure that I get a chance to hear from you about that unique perspective and how you can bring some, some real information to our listeners. So with that, um, stick around. We'll be right back. We're gonna talk with uh, Andy Lackman and hear more about Orca. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. The Brado Innovation Labs are a fleet of mobile laboratories equipped with the tools needed to conduct in-depth innovation sessions, including rapid prototyping whenever and wherever you want it to be. Each lab is equipped with 3D printers, laser cutters, modeling software, and prototyping tools. The lab makes it easy to put prototypes into the hands of those who will be charged with the manufacturing, marketing, selling, and ultimately consuming in as little as a single day. Grotto's Innovation Sprint streamlines what typically takes a month or longer into one intense productive week. At Brado, we take an inside-out approach to innovation that marries your company's inside expertise with consumers' outside insight, all in the same room. Together, this process helps to inform, research, design, and create alignment for your innovations. Our pursuit of intense empathy and innovation manifests itself in many ways, transforming traditional components of research into something much more powerful. For more information, visit brado.net, B-R-A-D-O dot The pace of change in the world is increasing exponentially and shows no signs of slowing down. Leadership is evolving and requires more and more innovative leaders to keep up. Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf features interviews with global business leaders, thought leaders, and academics in a wide range of industries. Proven concepts and tools may be applied to build your organization and deliver sustainable success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Right. 
whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Innovation Insiders with Brado Creative Insight with Andy Ford. For more information about Brado, please visit Brado.net. Again, that's B-R-A-D-O.net. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Innovation Insiders with Brado Creative Insight. Once again, I'm your host, Andy Ford. Joining me today is the uh, wonderfully named Andy Lackman. Andy, thanks again for sticking around and coming back and talking to us about Orca. You know, uh, while we were at break, uh, we were talking a little bit uh, about the fact that Orca is is really a brand new kind of service in the marketplace and and certainly delivering some things that have not been delivered before. Uh, But at the same time, you have that brand new innovation that's allowing you guys to transform uh, waste disposal for some major clients. You talked about being able to give your clients a report uh, of some of the cost savings, some of the measurements. Uh, How important is it for them to see some of those hard facts or have that data as it relates to what Orca is doing on their facilities? Uh, Andy, it's a great question because I think a lot of people like to see the results. You know, Mm -hmm. what is this doing for me? And anecdotal evidence is great, and you can tell the stories and you can do that, but when it comes to the empirical data that people can see and feel and, and relate to, We've seen that been a tremendous opportunity for us because our clients are looking for that. You know, our goal here is not to be a vendor to a client. It's here to be a strategic partner. It's here to help them with not only what we can help them with food waste, but other issues in regards to sustainability. And the more information we can provide them, the better it is for them and, you know, with their, with their customers, with their organization. So the data that comes out, you know, and people expect to see that. You know, people want mm-hmm. to see what's the actual result. What am I doing? How does it feel? And we made it very simple that you can understand it. So mm-hmm. how many, you know, trees have I saved? You can picture that in your mind. You know, how many miles of carbon footprint have I reduced? Mm. You know, if I've reduced, you know, 10,000 miles, you can, you can figure out how much that is. So it's got to be... Mm-hmm. We've related our numbers to be something that people can actually grasp their mind around. And that's important. And I mean, you know, because <laughs> well, you blew my mind at the top of the uh, of the show when you started talking about, you know, taking that food waste, reducing it into a liquid, which is something that I understood. And then you put it back into the water treatment. Uh, I mean, right back in the line, but also from a renewable energy point of view. I mean, this just all along the pipeline. You're saving money, helping the environment, but it's really important for this innovation and, the, and, your, and your brand to work. Your client needs to see actual results, not just a feel-good story. 
That's something that it sounds like you and the brand are banking on is that we make sense not just from an environmental environmental point of view, not just from an economic point of view, but from a logic point of view. You, you've got a foothold in all three of those camps, it sounds like. Absolutely. And, and that's is the, the critical uh, part. Go ahead. We, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. No, no. go ahead. Mike. I'm curious about this. You know, you talk about that. Uh, I don't know. I, we, we didn't get into price on this, and I, and I normally don't. But when you said 32 inches, I started thinking to myself, you could put a baby orca, I mean, anywhere. I mean, is the idea is that one day you have one of these in like every home in America? Absolutely. I mean, you think about it, the, the ability is there. It comes down to... You know, it's like anything. It comes down to whatever you put in your stomach, the orca can digest. So that that process, it can be in every home. It can be on ships, oil rigs, um, space, wherever it can be. So that's why it's been developed, and we developed it based on that. Because if you look at it, the traditional model, there are so many different stakeholders and owners along the process. We've eliminated that by making this now on-site, at the location, hyper-local, distributed where we're using existing infrastructure and local infrastructure, hyper-local being, you know, where it's done on on where you are. It's like building, you know, taking a 3D printer and building something right in your own bedroom. You know, you're doing it right there at that time. And the technology is there where we've now brought this where... People are accepting it, you know. So yeah. you look at you look at millennials now who never knew what a telephone line was at a rotary phone, right? Yeah. So and they jumped right to cell phones. So yeah. we're doing the same thing here. We're jumping, leapfrogging the traditional model of seven steps to let's bring it down to three, and that's all people will now know. That's a that's a huge point, isn't it? I mean, I remember, and 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 so. Uh, Full disclosure, Andy and I have known each other for a number of years and worked on innovation and helped, you know, try to change minds uh, and influence uh, clients uh, with new processes. And I remember uh, your transition uh, or, or catching up with you in a transition to this company, and you were very excited. And you just said the term leapfrogging. It is, as it relates to innovation, is that it sounds like that's something that's critical to you. Is it when you consider what's innovation, do you think it's important not to just make things one step better? Is it, is it critical to, and, and I'll just put this in your, in, your, in your mouth, to change the game and leapfrog what's currently available? Absolutely. I think when it comes to innovation and where one of the things that really got me excited about joining Orca is that exact approach. I think when you innovate, it's not about what's next. It's about what people don't even know what's next. Mm. It's about understanding and develop and giving, having the thought about somebody might not even know they need this yet, but I know this is the right thing. Mm. It's that approach and that jumping off point is where I think innovation is most, most successful. It's uh, you've got to be if to to be a powerful innovator, you need to deliver the unexpected and transform people into something that they had they had no idea could be available 
until until you introduced it. Um, it to me, this is you know I'm rephrasing what you said. How do you sell? that kind of innovation? How do you walk in and tell somebody you're about to experience something that's going to change the game? How do you even introduce that? It's not easy at times. So, you know, you have to <laughs> typical when you look at any new innovation or new item, you look at, you always have the early adopters, right? The people who want to, yeah. I want the newest thing. I want that item that's going to make me different, and I want to be a lead changer. I want to be the game changer. And they then become your brand ambassadors that help, you know, promote that to the people who maybe are a little bit more cautious. So typically it takes the same, where we've been most successful, not only with Orca, but my other careers as well, is you get, you, you tie in with those people who are those early adopters who are looking for how can I make something different and willing to take a risk? Because as we all know, you know, change is, is hard for some people. And the ability to change and the ability to take risks is, mm. to me, one of the most important parts of innovation. Because mm. with innovation, there comes one word which I love, which is failure. Because out of failure comes success. And it's the more fair, that you try things and you tweak them, it becomes uh -huh. better. You, you, you really nailed it. You na I mean, it's, it's so funny is that whenever I think about innovation, you know, more or less some of those elements uh, that are constant and you just hit on a few is that, you know, right off the bat, you're looking at those early adopters. You're thinking about them uh, as you're building that product or the, the message that you've, you know, need to uh, put around that product. You're trying to find out what the difference is uh, between their, their change of today versus a constant change. So, i.e., what's going to disrupt the game. But then you're trying to say, look, this is the risk that you're going to take. Failure it has been accepted, and we've moved forward, and now we've got a better offering to give to the marketplace. Uh, I, I think that it's interesting, and do you think that being an innovator like you are and, and having worked in a lot of different categories, have you found other people as open to failure as you are, or are you – typically translating what the success versus failure ratio looks like for them? Typically, it, it really can depend. I mean, when you when I sit in front of somebody who has that same passion for innovation that I do, and you, you know, you, they, they want to be a disruptor, they want to continually learn, they're okay with failing at something because they know from there they're going to learn from there, it's easier. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you do have to walk them along the process. You have to make them understand that, you know, it takes chances. You have to chance. Yeah. Wayne Gretzky said, you know, he misses 100% of the shots he doesn't take. You have right. to take the chances because if you don't take the chances, you won't learn and develop what needs to be done. So for me, it's, a, it's an education, and I always try and educate people about that and you know, that's one of the things that I think is important in any organization that you do take those risks and chances because that's how you do innovate. It's interesting. You know, I, I, I'm going to ask you this before we go to break is what is your personal definition of innovation? I would say it's the ability to create something that someone may not need at the time, mm -hmm. but they don't know it. Mm -hmm. So basically, it's, it's creating something that people don't know they need yet. 
yet, yet. You just you literally just described looking into the future, didn't you? I mean, you have to look into the future to be able to define or create that thing they don't know they need. Is that correct? I absolutely. How do you prepare yourself, set yourself up to see that future need? What do you, what do you, I mean, I've got to find out what are you reading? What are you looking at on a regular basis? Because you're keeping an eye out for what's coming next, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it comes down to two things. One, you're always looking for that new trend. You know, I'm a big I'll tell believer. You what, hold up, hold up, Andy. One second. Here's what we're going to do. Before, before we get into what you're looking at and what you're seeing next, we're going to go to break. My guest is Andy Lackman with Orca. When we come back, we're going to talk about how Andy uh, looks into the future, what, what he's staring at, studying, who he's talking to, uh, to really keep his finger on the pulse of where that next big shift, that next change is coming. Once again, website, you want to check out is www.feedtheorca.com and also you can hit me up on at a ford a twitter or andy.ford at brado.net you're listening to innovation insiders with brado creative insight and we'll be right back after this message voice america business network the bottom line in business. The Brado Innovation Labs are a fleet of mobile laboratories equipped with the tools needed to conduct in-depth innovation sessions, including rapid prototyping whenever and wherever you want it to be. Each lab is equipped with 3D printers, laser cutters, modeling software, and prototyping tools. The lab makes it easy to put prototypes into the hands of those who will be charged with the manufacturing, marketing, selling, and ultimately consuming in as little as a single day. Brado's Innovation Sprint streamlines what typically takes a month or longer into one intense productive week. At Brado, we take an inside-out approach to innovation that marries your company's inside expertise with consumers' outside insight, all in the same room. Together, this process helps to inform, research, design, and create alignment for your innovations. Our pursuit of intense empathy and innovation manifests itself in many ways, transforming traditional components of research into something much more powerful. For more information, visit brado.net, B-R-A-D-O.net. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. 
Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. listening to Innovation Insiders with Brado Creative Insight with Andy Ford. For more information about Brado, please visit brado.net. Again, that's b r a d o.net. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Innovation Insiders with Brado Creative Insight. I'm your host Andy Ford. I am speaking with the wildly fascinating Andy Lackman from Orca, uh, and that website is feedtheorca.com, which I just found out now that, uh, unfortunately, I missed out on my Christmas present uh, two segments ago when I found out Baby Orca exists, and <laughs> that's something <laughs> that I need, I need to get in my house because you know I'm a, I'm a tech guy, Andy. I mean, you and I have had several conversations. I mean, I, I'm jumping in all on this thing. It, it, this this kind of innovation that Orca is is out there with is not only is it like revolutionary, uh, but it also sounds like something you'd kind of want to brag about. Is that is that something? I mean, you know, like you tell your friends, dude, I, I don't throw away trash food waste anymore. This is <laughs> it's going back into the back into the water supply. Do you, do, do people Absolutely. have that kind of conversation? Yeah, people are. People have start. We've had clients and people who. At our clients' facilities, when they find out about this, they start asking questions, and they're so interested because it is such new technology, and it's something different. And the curiosity of people, you know, just makes the conversation happen. Right, right. Before we went to break, we were talking about that sort of natural curiosity that an innovator has. And and you started this conversation about – you know, a true innovation is creating uh, something that people did not know they needed. And so the, the evolution of that aspect was y- whoever that innovator is, you've got to have your eyes on the future. You've got to have your fingers uh, or maybe more out there exposed to what could be next. And so my question to you was, and you started to go into it before we went to break, is what are you looking at reading, uh, engrossing yourself in that keeps you connected and forward-looking toward you know, what's going to happen? You know, it's a lot of different things. So my approach is I try and gather knowledge from all aspects of what's going on. And it's not just the hospitality segment. It's such things such as museums. It's such things such as novels. It's such things such as the, the, the press and, and trades and everything. But I think mm-hmm. the key of it all is looking outside your current area. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, for a while you look at, like, two organizations, for example, Cirque du Soleil and gas stations, right? Cirque du Soleil <laughs> came out of the option of how do we make the experience of a circus different, better, and more exciting and get people in there. And you've seen what they've done. You know, it's looking at yeah. that, that blue cloud strategy. But then you look yeah. at gas stations. And gas stations for a while, when we got away from in the old days when the people used to come out and they would, you know, clean your windshield and pump your gas for you. Now, a while back, a few um, gas stations started taking ideas from NASCAR. So you look at a pit uh-huh. stop, 
and uh-huh. you say, okay, they've got their headphones on, the car comes in, they jump over the wall, they change the tires, they're filling gas in it, all that stuff. Well, some gas stations actually took that approach, and when they saw somebody come in, they would be on their headphone and say, can I get you a soda and bring it out to you? So oh, how do you oh. then, so you, you learn those kind of things, you see what other people do, and then you see how you can maybe take that and apply it to your own industry, how you can take that and come up with what the next evolution, leapfrog two or three versions of it, would yeah. look like. It's, it's, does it take, and, and I'm curious about this, it almost sounds like you have to have a certain amount of ADHD to be able to say, hey, I'm going to look at what's happening in gas stations or C-stores, and then I'm going to say, what's that same element that I could deliver, and let's just use, you know, your business and you know, facility. Let's talk about facility management. How could I transpose that idea over into another world and blow people away? It, not only do you have to be creative, but this goes back to your earlier conversation about risk. I mean, that's one of those pieces that you know you're looking out there and saying, "All right, guys, we're going to try something brand new." Uh, and that that can be scary for people. Am I right? Absolutely. You look at when a when we develop any new idea or we're thinking about it, we always think about it from how it affects the guest. Okay. So mm. Jan Carlson from SAS used to say, and we use I use this in my own career. Everything they do, how does it affect the fifth person in line? Right? Mm. How, what am I doing? If I'm not making a positive impact for the, that fifth person in line, should I really be doing it? And mm-hmm. I, uh, I take that approach as well by saying, if I'm going to innovate something or I'm going to come up with a new idea or something, how does it affect the end user? Because if I'm not making it easier on the end user or the ultimate goal, is it really the right thing to do? Right. Yeah, that's it. To me, that really frames it up well, is that when you're looking at that, whatever that game change is, the lens that you are translating it for your company, for your clients is how does it affect that guest? It sounds to me like empathy is another one of those huge needs that you, I should say, skills that you depend on to bring that innovation to the marketplace. Is this to. something you you, when you have to do that, right? Yes. Is that is that one of those things that just makes you when, think about this from you know your your culture inside your company and knowing that you've been running, leading, working with you know companies and 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 I know this about you based on the fact that you've you know worked in other companies where it was important for you to promote from within. Uh, and so my question is, how do you inspire a culture? of innovation, knowing all these things are critical to drive that change. How how do you get that across in your organization? The best way that we've been most successful and I'm a believer in is letting people understand that if they take a chance on something and it doesn't work or they fail at it, it's okay. That you learn from it. That you're constantly unique the biggest problem that people have at times in when they're trying to take a chance, they don't want to look bad. They don't want to make a mistake. Yeah. I'm a big mm-hmm. promoter of, I want you to make those mistakes because out of making those mistakes, 
You're going to become better. You're going to learn from them. You're going to say, okay, here's what I learned from that of what I did wrong, or maybe the process was wrong. But if you don't learn from those mistakes, you don't take those chances, that one big blockbuster idea is never going to happen. Mm. And and it's it's funny to me, I guess, you know, is that you as a leader are willing to take these chances. And uh, how do you give the assurance or maybe what do you do? Do you create a sandbox almost and say, look, here's here's a little challenge. I want you to go out there and take a risk, take a chance. How do you set up that employee for success the best way? I mean, other than assuring them that you're not going to, you know, they're not going to have a, you know, a, a awful review because they took a chance and something didn't work. What's the best way to give them the, the best opportunity for, succeed, for, for success? I would probably say is you give them something that they're passionate about. Because okay. where if, you, if, you, if people are most successful and have the best chance of success if they're mm-hmm. working on something they're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Because then they believe in it. They feel it. They have it in their heart. And that's why I think an innovator is the most successful is when they're passionate about something. You have that inner drive, that passion where it's, you know, you love doing this. If it could be food, it could be technology, it could be work, it could be anything, art, doesn't matter. When you have that passion, that's where it's most successful. So typically I will give people something that they have a passion about to work on. Right. So it's that baby that's, step of learning. You know what? If I don't do this right, it's okay. I'm going to, I'm still passionate about it. It's not a project that is being forced on me. So yeah, that's, those small that's, little that's project really good. The way. That's fat. That, that's interesting too, isn't it? Is that, you know, understanding what people have passion about, they're willing to put in the time too, aren't they? I mean, you know, for example, uh, I, I know my personal passions are things that I'm, I never get tired. I'm always up for. I mean, that's another way to ensure success uh, because it sounds like just from, I mean, you and I talking, there's sparks flying. There's a tremendous amount of enthusiasm when it comes to de- detailing what's happening with Orca or where innovation comes from. Is that another little piece that you think is important? Is it not just passion, uh, but the ability to bring people along and explain what's happening enthusiastically? Absolutely, you have to. And I think you have to yeah. also make it so everybody understands it. You can't, mm-hmm. you know, okay. it's simple when you're, you're bringing a new idea in and you talk what I'll call the lingo, the words that make sense right. to the people who know it. But you've got to break mm-hmm. it down into the simplest components so people can understand what you're really getting to and what you're trying to accomplish. Because people, you need to, it's just like teaching. You have to teach it with building yeah. blocks so they can understand the process. It, it's when, you know, it's funny to, to me when you talk about that is explain it uh, simply, you know, so that way people, it's not just you talking to yourself. Uh, is there also, do you find that when someone's working on their personal project, uh, their personal passion, they're doing it, it do you find that there's some innovators who don't want to let it go because it's not perfect? Like they're scared to launch or to go forward because that idea it could be better. Do you, do you run into that with some of your team? Absolutely. You have to, you do all the time. Yeah. And yeah. that's, that's where you have to tell them it's okay. You want to try it, get it out there. Yeah. It's if, mm-hmm. if it, if it's not, it's perfect. Sometimes we'll delay the whole process and you'll get caught up in the quagmire of 
everything being 100% perfect. And you can't. In innovation, you've got to put it out there and see what happens. And, and, and so it sounds like it, that, that failure – go ahead, Andy. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's just funny you were, you were talking about that is that there – I guess there comes that point when you know you've got to really embrace the opportunity that it that it may fail, and so that's what you're doing. Is you're like, look, I'm giving you your personal passion. <laughs> Here it is. Work with it. Now, kick you out of the bird's nest. You got to fly, little bird. Absolutely, you have to do now, that. If you don't, when we it never happens. When we come back, I, sorry, Andy, I was going to tell you. When we come back, we got a pretty good, a really cool segment. You're our first person to go through this, so I'm excited about it. It's called the Innovator's Confession. We've got a series of questions that we're going to run uh, by Andy Lackman, and he's going to be uh, able to uh, walk out of this interview feeling refreshed because he's got it, gotten it all off of his chest. So tune in. We come back uh, with. Uh, uh, Andy Lackman, we're going to cover off on the Innovator's Confession. We'll be right back after this. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. The Brado Innovation Labs are a fleet of mobile laboratories equipped with the tools needed to conduct in-depth innovation sessions, including rapid prototyping whenever and wherever you want it to be. Each lab is equipped with 3D printers, laser cutters, modeling software, and prototyping tools. The lab makes it easy to put prototypes into the hands of those who will be charged with the manufacturing, marketing, selling, and ultimately consuming in as little as a single day. Grotto's Innovation Sprint streamlines what typically takes a month or longer into one intense productive week. At Grotto, we take an inside-out approach to innovation that marries your company's inside expertise with consumers' outside insight, all in the same room. Together, this process helps to inform, research, design, and create alignment for your innovations. Our pursuit of intense empathy and innovation manifests itself in many ways, transforming traditional components of research into something much more powerful. For more information, visit brado.net, B-R-A-D-O dot Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
You are listening to Innovation Insiders with Brado Creative Insight with Andy Ford. For more information about Brado, please visit brado.net. Again, that's b r a d o.net. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Innovation Insiders. I'm Andy Ford. My guest is Andy Lackman. Uh, Andy, I promised that uh, this was going to free your mind. You're going to feel better walking away from this because we're going to walk you through Brado's Innovator's Confession. So surprise me. Tell me about the innovation that might catch us all off guard in the next five years. Well, besides having an orca in everybody's home, um, (laughs) I would say I think you're going to see more what will go from the old Star Wars approach or the hologram, Mm. looking at products in your home that you're looking to buy. So a 3D, spin it around in front of you, um, you know, kind of like, you know, when you're watching um, TV and they're showing those award shows and they're showing the people around in the circle, the 360s, that right in front of you at the time so you can see the whole field, not just two-dimensional on a screen, those kind of things. That's that's really interesting, isn't it? I think that you you tap it into something that really fascinates me is bringing that um, that flat moment to more of an experience. Uh, I think that's really interesting, you know, especially when you think about your world and how you've brought, you know, you know, clients uh, a game changer. Is that being able to see it differently uh, makes you feel like you're in it as opposed to just watching it, right? Yeah, what are the top three – I can almost write this for you right now just based on our conversation. But what are the top three words to describe an innovative individual? I'd say the, fir- the first one would be disruptive. Mm-hmm. I think risk-taker. Mm-hmm. And then I think the third one – I'm going to add a fourth one in there. There's a combination of two, so that's why I'm going to do three and four. I think a okay. listener mm. is critical because you've got to see what's going on. And the fourth is continuous improvement because Mm. you've got to be willing to realize that you don't have all the answers, that you're constantly learning and that you need to understand what's going on there. So I think those are the four key words Mm -hmm. of an innovator. It's it's, it's, I, can, I can hear it coming through you, and the way you've talked about you know, with, with us throughout this interview, it, those are words that you live by as well, uh, which is you know, really – you're not just saying it. You're actually practicing what you're preaching. I mean uh, other than your own company, what company do you think is the most innovative in the world today? I think there's a lot of them. I mean you look at um, – you look at Disney. You look at Amazon. You look at Google. But then you look at companies like – you know. Uh, a little bit different ones. Like there's a company out there that's doing now a custom clothing platform, you know, that allows, mm-hmm. you know, the, the guests to make their own create your own clothes over the web wow. in one of their showrooms. You know, I mean, I think the, anybody, any organization that engages you, you know, you look at today, the consumer wants to be engaged. There's so many choices out there. There's so many things you can look at. Engagement is what separates the innovative companies from the non-innovative companies, and how mm-hmm. you can engage them throughout the entire process is what I think makes certain companies more innovative than others. It, it, if you could pick 
one person, and this may be somebody that no one else knows, but in your mind, if you could pick somebody who would be named master innovator, who would it be? There's the typical normal people that you could just mention in business and history and all that, but I'd have to say yeah. my father. All right. oh, and the reason really? I say that is two reasons. Why? One is his approach of making everybody better allowed everybody to innovate more. So he didn't, he innovated a few things. He was a mm -hmm. key player in my old career of bringing the guest experience back to corporate dining, college, university dining, those kind of things, and transparency mm -hmm. to the client. But I think mm -hmm. a master innovator allows other people to innovate and become successful. Mm. And that's what my father did. My father built to help people grow and become innovative if, if they had that desire to and never took success for that. He wanted them to succeed. So it maybe it's, again, somebody nobody knows, but that's who I would say. Mm. It's fascinating that, that it sounds like he was made himself a platform and you know, allowed people to shine and stand up. But is that part of one of those? If you could add a fifth word uh, to innovative individual, would it be selfless? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's face it. Innovators are shit disturbers. They're agitators. They are people who cause <laughs> some other individuals potentially to feel nervous, right? Can you think back in your career, whether it was you personally or you witnessed it, when you had or saw one of those just shit disturbing moments? Yeah, and it'd probably be myself. <laughs> okay. So in my in my old career, I was always big into new culinary innovations, new ideas, new things we could we could give to the guests that visited our cafes and restaurants. And one of the ideas I brought up was in papillote. So in papillote is the traditional method of taking fish or other items and cooking it in a bag. So it basically yeah. steams within. I mm -hmm. thought this was going to be the best thing <laughs> ever invented because we were going to charge a little bit more for it. It was fresh. Students were loving, you know, but students would yeah. love it. It's yeah. farm to table, all nine yards. I got up and presented it to my senior staff, and I, it was looked like, you know, I uh, invented something that nobody would ever want. I mean, I got the look of death. And I will tell you this, it didn't work because yeah. I thought it would, but everybody yeah. still uses that example when they say, but at least, it, at least it made us think differently and look at something different. So, oh, that is great. I, I was the one, and <laughs> I'll never forget it. That's, I can almost, that's so funny. It fits in with your personal mantra, though, is that your greatest success was a moment of failure. It was like a moment when you went, oh, this is not working. I've, I have been where you have – you just described. I've stood in front of people, and I can just feel a slight trickle of sweat roll down my back because it's not working. But out of, of that, we came up with, out of that, we came up with seven new ideas oh, see, that yeah. increased our same store sales by 8%. Guest satisfaction went up. So like you said, out of that failure – so much success came out of it. You know, this is something that I, you and I could probably go on and on for a whole other show about, I'm guessing. But where do 
big ideas, good ideas come from? I mean, uh, some people say internally, some people say externally. What do you say? I say both. I yeah. say it comes from opening your eyes and opening your ears and listening and seeing what's happening out there. There's nothing yeah. better where, where I've come up with my best ideas or I've worked with my team on some ideas where we just walk into a facility and just look. Yeah. How many times have, you know, just go look and, have, and see how people are either using your equipment, using your product, um, interacting with it. Don't say anything, mm-hmm. just sit back and watch. And you learn so That's much from that. So I think it comes from both internally, from people's ideas and people having the ability and the okay to say something that they agree mm-hmm. or don't disagree or they disagree with you. That helps. Mm-hmm. And then externally mm-hmm. by just watching and seeing what's happening in the world and how people are using certain things. That's how at the end of the day, innovation happens. How can I make this you- better? How can come up with something that nobody's thought of yet or that they don't yeah. need yet? Andy, you have you have been absolutely the perfect guest uh, for our inaugural episode, and I want to thank you uh, for taking the time to talk to us about Orca uh, and and your personal point of view on innovation, which I think is uh, really really refreshing. I, I know our listeners are going to get a lot out of this. Uh, hopefully, you enjoyed it as well. Uh, I hope you did. I'm kind of pandering now. Hey, did did you did you enjoy it a little bit? Absolutely. Andy, this was fantastic, and I so thank you for the opportunity. That's great. That's great. Thank you. So thank you for joining us with uh, the listeners for Innovation Insiders. Uh, my name is Andy Ford. Once again, get in touch with me uh, on uh, aford at Twitter or andy.ford at brado.net. Next week, join us. Our guest is Owen Klein. Owen is the vice president of global product development at CKE Restaurants. Uh, so we look forward to you joining us. Thanks a lot, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening this week to Innovation Insiders with Grotto Creative Insight. Please join host Andy Ford again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we speak again, innovate.